Hello beautiful people, it is another mini episode of Living in the Past, that welcome was a very distinctly Australian uh, quote from a very distinctly Australian sitcom called All Together Now, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point in this because I think it was very 90s, basically a sitcom about a family living with an aged rocker played by John English, Um, I remember it being pretty awful. And to that, I say welcome. Uh, I just want to firstly say thank you so much for uh, the support and the downloads. Um, We've been pretty blown away by the interest and the reception for our little podcast here. Um, Thank you so much. Got a lot of good feedback from the first mini episode about MC Hammer. And so this one here... It's another deep dive into an, um, another musical artist of the time, um, but more focusing on how a single incident probably changed the course of, I would say, cinematic history. Um, but I'll get to that in a bit. So, let's get into it. We are talking Billy Idol today on Living the Past, mini episode number two. All right. William Michael Albert Broad, a.k.a. Billy Idol. And as we've stated before, that if you are referred to as three or four names, you're possibly a serial killer. Started out playing in bands uh, in West London in 1976. He played in a band called Chelsea, but would get more recognition for playing a band called Generation X, which was kind of like a punky, glammy uh, band of the time. They had such popular songs as Kiss Me Deadly and Ready Steady, Go. Uh, In fighting legal issues and creative differences, of course, led to the band breaking up, as most bands do. Generation X broke up in 1981 and Billy Idol would move to New York City to begin his solo career. With the help of ex-Kiss manager Bill O'Coin, Idol recorded his first solo EP, Don't Stop, in 1981. The song Dancing With Myself, which was actually an old Generation X song, was included and became a hit single. Billy Idol's self-titled album would come out in 1982. The song White Wedding became an instant hit, and the video was constantly played on MTV. In 1983, Rebel Yell was released, and cemented Billy Idol's popularity in the US and around the world. The fans literally wanted more, more, more. I'm sorry, I had to do it, come on. In 1986, Billy Idol released Whiplash Smile, which went platinum in the US and three times platinum in Canada, which means one in eight Canadians at that time had a copy of Whiplash Smile. He then moved on to a remix album called Vital Idol in 1987, which included a cover of Money Money. It was around this time that Billy Idol, in my opinion, turned into a little bit of a scumbag. He moved across the country to LA and his longtime girlfriend moved with him. They got pregnant and had a son in June of 1988. And then Billy Idol began seeing a girl 13 years younger than him and also got her pregnant and then moved on. Billy just wanted to be Billy. So, this all brings us to the morning of February 6th, 1990. He had just finished his next album, Charm Life, and been partying all night. Instead of getting probably much needed rest, he went for a ride on his motorbike without his helmet or protective clothing, which at the time was not required by law. 
He ran a stop sign and crashed into another car. He broke his arm and a bone in his leg had gone straight through his jeans. Billy Idol said, and I will not do the impression, the bone ripped the muscle to shreds. There was blood all over everything. I kept blacking out and I was in all this pain. I came to on the operating table and someone was cutting my clothes off me. All I could think about was, thank fuck I didn't wear one of my favorite leather jackets. I just had this denim jacket on. Thank you, God. Oh, Billy. Perhaps most affected by the accident was Billy Idol's movie career. Around this time, as mentioned in our uh, recent episode, he had been looking forward to two major film roles. One was a smaller role in the movie about The Doors, and the other was the shape-shifting carbon fiber alloy cyborg, the T-1000, in Terminator 2. That's right. Billy Idol was sought after, like, sought after by James Cameron to be the bad guy in Terminator 2. Robert Patrick, who ended up being the T-1000, confirmed this and saw artwork showing Billy Idol as a T-1000 in the special effects labs when he was preparing for the role himself. He said, I can tell you I saw Billy's image when I went to special effects specialist Sam Winston's after I got the role. The physical demands of the role would be too demanding for Idol, who would need months of rehabilitation for his injuries. I think about Billy Idol being the T-1000 about two times a week because in my head is the most firstly hilarious thing I can think of and also the most daring thing maybe it would have been good I doubted Heath Ledger being the Joker back in 2007 and I was definitely proved wrong so you know what who am I to argue with James Cameron he did win a smaller role in The Doors Um, his role was confined to lying on a dining table if you've seen the movie Um, that was because he basically physically couldn't move His most famous role would eventually be in The Wedding Singer, playing himself, which is pretty hard to mess up. So, like a butterfly in a leather jacket flapping its wings, one thing causes an effect to another, and Billy Idol did not become the T-1000 because of a motorcycle accident. Of the crash, Billy Idol said this to Arsenio Hall, who comes up a lot in, like, everything in 1990. I was lucky to have a life that's worth getting better for. It was great fun to wake up in a hospital after the accident and realise if I did get better, it was worth it. (laughs) What a guy. So that is our deep dive on the motorcycle crash that changed the course of cinema history and Billy Idol would, did not become the T-1000. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week, we've got a bit of a change-up. Me, uh, my co-host Ben will be joining me for the meeting episodes, and we're going to start something very, very cool. I hope you'll join us for it. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we will see you then. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> beautiful people.
You can email us at livinginthepastpod at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Instagram. You can check out our playlists on Spotify. You can also check out my movie list on Letterboxd PD Lumsden. Music for the episode was done by Andrew Golding, and you can check his stuff out at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Other music was done by Benjamin Ray. Our artwork for the episode was done by Rebecca Sheedy, and you can catch her stuff at Miles Scribbling on Instagram. Thank you so much. Um, if you want, hit the subscribe button or give us a five-star review or whatever review you want to do. We're having a really good time doing this podcast. It's really fun, especially after the year we're having. It's, it's just, it's truly one of the things I look forward to doing. I will see you next week, not only for March 1990, but also for the new phase in our mini-episodes. And I hope you'll join us. Thank you very much. Bye.